Why can I never find the link? Welcome to another episode of G220 Radio. This is Ricky Gans along with Mike Miller and Natty P. And this is episode number 454. We're going to be talking about the devil went down to Georgia. And we'll get into more of that here shortly. Mike, how are we doing today, brother? I'm mute. On so that no one can hear <laughs> me. And um, yeah, doing good. Doing good, doing good. And uh, Nathaniel... How are we doing, brother? I'm doing good. I just listed my soul on Craigslist to uh, hopefully get some more viewers for the show. So we'll see what happens, see if there's any buyers. Mm. Well, we're going to get into this topic here tonight, obviously, uh, Nathaniel, with his uh, joke at it. But uh, this is really a a topic that maybe you haven't heard a lot about, maybe you haven't uh, thought much about. Um, as someone who used to listen to a lot of different kind of music, um, one of the things that I would hear, not all the time, but I would hear is certain groups selling their soul to the devil for fame. Uh, there actually was a documentary uh, that came out, um, man, I don't, I don't know how many years ago it came out, but it was called Hell's Bells, and then they did a Hell's Bells 2 um, and this group that put this out, this Christian group that put this out, was talking about the influence of the the demonic or the influence of of uh, Satan in music. And it was it was a pretty good uh, documentary, um, and I, I enjoyed it, The Hell's Bells too. But uh, I thought this would be a good topic to cover here tonight. Um, thinking about the song. Charlie Daniels band when he he did this devil went down to Georgia uh, this is something I grew up I, I heard often um, especially when I was at my neighbor's house they always had this on and they had another another country song a ballad by Marty Robbins uh, out in the West Texas town of El Paso I don't know if you guys are familiar with that song but I, I I heard that over there quite a bit and this song would play quite a bit as well and so I got familiar with these uh, this this song. But thinking about it today as a Christian, thinking about the, the theology of what's behind this, is this, now I, I know Charlie Daniels, I, I, I listened to uh, him speak about making this song, there wasn't no intentions behind this, it was just they were making this album and they didn't have a fiddle song on there and they was like, hey, let's put, this fiddle, put a fiddle song on there and they came up with this The Devil Went Down to Georgia song and this idea and, and threw it on the... Uh, the album, I don't believe there's any coincidences with anything. I think, you know, um, God is in everything and, and uh, ordains everything. I think everything happens for a reason. Uh, but um, this was a song that came out and became one of their huge, huge hits. But just thinking about the theology behind that um, got me thinking about doing this kind of show uh, to discuss that, to talk about the idea of somebody selling their soul. Um, and I was even looking here recently at a bunch of movies that I just typed in to see how many movies were made about this. Uh, and some of them I had seen back in the day. Um, some of them I had no idea what they were about. But these are movies where the topic is basically this person is selling their soul to the devil for fame or for fortune. And so that's kind of what we're going to talk about here tonight. We're going to look at Satan. We're going to look at demons. Um, and uh, I think we also have to deal with the, the state of man um, because I think that's important as well when we get into this. But what are your guys' thoughts on this as we get into a show like this? You know, I know I kind of threw this one out there. Um, maybe not the one on the top of your guys' minds of doing something like this, a show. But what, what, what kind of comes to your mind when we think about this topic or this idea that is out there 
uh, where you see musicians or you see artists or people in Hollywood that, that make the claim that somebody sold their soul to the devil for fame. I mean, you see that with Lecrae, right? It's a joke. <laughs> it's joking. Um, I mean, can one really sell their soul to the devil? You know, when he already has them, according to Ephesians 2. Uh, I mean, it makes a good folk folklore, some good music, mm-hmm. allows people to, you know, think of three valves and monster drinks. You know, there's kind of, and maybe a connection, I don't know if there's a connection with this. Um, with a more predominantly dispensational view. That's usually tend where I kind of heard it coming from. Um, so yeah, but yeah, there's, um, I think theologically, I just will probably discover is just, if we have a bad, a terrible view of the supernatural. Yeah. In general. And I think it, it comes out in these popular ways, which tend to reflect popular thoughts. Yeah. That, which that leads me to a question and I'll, I'll ask that, but first I want to get Nathaniel's thoughts on uh, this topic that we're going to be digging into. Um, I don't know. The, the idea of uh, dealing with the devil is quite old order. In fact, uh, than dispensationalism since dispensationalism is only about a little more than 150 years old. Um, So it it goes back quite a ways. Um, uh, I don't know. You think about the witch trials. They were always uh, thought to have entered into a pact with the devil um, to gain some uh, witchly supernatural powers. Um, there's probably an aspect of that we can t- talk about. Um, there's uh, the concept of the Faustian bargain. I forget. Uh, George Faust, I think, was a real guy uh, who had uh, existed at some point in history and uh, had a prominent rise to, to stardom. And there's a, at least one play, maybe uh, there, there was a Christopher Marlowe's uh, play, The Tragical History of Dr. Faust in 1587. Uh, really uh, popularized the uh, the idea of the the Faustian bargain or the deal with the devil, um, but uh, some of the cursory reading that I'd done uh, said that that idea was even older older than that. But um, where where my mind uh, goes to immediately is uh, having somewhat of a legal background. I think of property theory, uh, and t- uh, usually in in property law, you can't sell what you don't have title to and uh, you have verses throughout the Bible, uh, like Ezekiel 18, uh, where God says, all souls are mine. Uh, he says it twice in that chapter. He says, all souls are mine. The soul that sins will die. He also says, this, all souls are mine, the soul of the Father and the soul of the Son. So um, if you don't own your soul, uh, you cannot sell it because you can't transfer title to that which you do not owe, own. So... Uh, those are, those are, I guess, my initial thoughts on the topic. Yeah. When you said Dr. Faust there, I thought you were talking about Dr. Fauci. Um, probably <laughs> similar. <laughs> he made a deal with the devil to get us all to wear masks. All right. There you go. <laughs> so, Mike, when you was talking, what came to mind was I was thinking, as you said, you know, people have this wrong uh, understanding or idea of demonology, this, this wrong idea um, uh-huh. that it's kind of persuasive. Um, or I shouldn't say persuasive, uh, to a degree, I guess it can be. Um, but it's, it's more prevalent in a charismatic type Pentecostal kind of background. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we see a lot of supernatural um, phenomena, if you want to call it that, within the Catholic Church, a lot of superstitious stuff there, and in mm-hmm. other countries, not, not so much in America, but if you go down south, mm-hmm. Or you go over to you know um, foreign countries. There's this idea where there's there's not as much hesitation to accept something more supernatural. Whereas here we're kind of like, yeah, no, that's 
No. Mm-hmm. And so I think getting this balance um, where we have to recognize that there is a spiritual battle that's taking place. Um, Satan and his minions are at work. They are at play in the world around us. And, and um, so I think sometimes in America, especially in the Reformed Church, the same thing when it comes to, you know, um, speaking about the Spirit, we tend to pull back a bit because we don't want to get into those places that abuse it or like those that abuse it. What do you think? I mean, I think it's completely true. And I, I would even go farther to say that the Protestant church outside of maybe the charismatic movement in general has accepted the idea of the enlightenment and that we kind of um, automatically throw um, the spiritual out of it right away. That is, I jokingly mentioned it before the show. And I think um, this is, can be very, a real thing is you're, going down the highway or you're driving to church and your car breaks down. And and in one sense, it's mechanical. We, you know, we know that the car broke down. It's a mechanical thing, but I think we're too quick to just stop there and not realize maybe this is something more. What if, um, lights went out, uh, a demon in some sort of way is doing this and stopping me to trying to find or to hear the gospel and to be spiritually energized to try to halt the plan of God. I think um, now, obviously we look at the charismatic movement and you're like, you're gone too far, especially like grave sucking and you know telling the devil you know in prayers what to do um so that's too far um i think in you know what we could say third world countries because this is not obviously a problem in developed countries because we've all bought into enlightenment thinking including china and russia and all those others um again they see it the the playing with the spiritual, the the um, the wedgie boards, the getting into the supernatural, and so like the spirit, we need to not shrink back, but also understanding, as you said, I mean Ephesians six, we're in a spiritual battle, and we need to be aware of that. That every moment of our life, we're in a battle, and while the devil can't make us do things while his demons can't make us do things. And the fact that the devil is a finite being and is not transcendent like God is, he can't be everywhere. He can't be tempting everyone. We need to have a better grasp um, of the spiritual nature in which we live in. Cause I think I know it's case with me that I'm talking from my own learning is I tend to downplay the spiritual um, more more often than not and not think about the the spiritual impact of even simple things that just might be. Now, it just might be your car's broken down and that that is definitely the case, but I think we need to allow ourselves to also consider the reason why it's broken down could be some support of spiritual activity in which if we think about it would probably drive us to pray more when something happens than to overact or act in anger or be frustrated at the plans of God um, in that time. Yeah. It's a really good point. Um, C.S. Lewis mentions that at the beginning of uh, introduction to his little uh, fantasy uh screw tape letters you know it talks about the two opposite errors one is uh to see the devil under every rock and the other one is to neglect him entirely um and i think you're absolutely right about that mike in in, in a lot of the protestant tradition um people are so overcorrecting in the the errors of some 
where they see see the devil under every rock that they fly as far as they can in in the other direction and almost um you know like it's, it's exactly like you said uh fail to account for the spiritual at all yeah and i think in trying to balance that and trying to not um go overboard with it but also trying to recognize the fact that we do um we, we are in a spiritual battle um i think it, it's good for us to know our opponent right to know who it is we're <laughs> battling against uh, mm. and know who it is we are um under who is protecting us and and, and guiding us and watching over us um it doesn't re- relinquish our responsibilities you know as the bible says in, in ephesians as you mentioned to put on the armor of god i mean you got to strap yourself with this armor um to be able to fight against this enemy um and but one of the things I think that we, we have to be careful in is not giving Satan or demons more power than they actually have. We, we need, that's why we need to know our enemy, and we do that by what? By reading the Word of God. We look at the Word of God and see what the Word of God says about Satan. And even when you consider Job, right? Satan had to get permission from God to do anything uh, to Job. And I don't remember who said it, Mike, maybe you know, uh, whether it was Calvin um, or, or maybe somebody else, but they said that, uh, or maybe it was Luther, um, that said that Satan's um, God's devil, something along those lines, he's still yeah, God's devil. one of the reformers. Yeah, yeah he, he still belongs to God. He's not like, the way that the world tries to paint it, as if you have God over here and Satan over here and they're arm wrestling over the souls of certain individuals. You know, um, like there's this equal power here. There's there's no equal power there. Jesus Christ is the creator of all things. He's God, the second person of the Trinity. And and Satan is just a created being. And so, <clears throat> as you mentioned, Mike, he's not like God. He's not transcendent like God. He doesn't have the abilities that God has. He has some abilities that God has given to him uh, to be able to operate with in this world. But he doesn't have, he's not able to, to, to be everywhere all at once, like you mentioned. So he's not able to interact with every single person that's, you know, he's trying to tempt. Um, he has many demons. Uh, what is it? A third fell. So mm-hmm. y- you have a, a many of them. Um, but, I mean, he's not able to read your thoughts. He's not able to, to do certain things that, that God is capable of doing. And so we want to be, be, be careful not to ascribe like attributes of God, you know, to Satan and give him more power than he actually has. But we do want to recognize, we don't want to be like these guys. I saw this movie a while back and it takes me to the scripture, but I saw this movie. It was a really cheesy Christian movie back when I was just becoming a Christian. Um, and I was watching some of these pretty cheesy Christian movies. Wait, aren't all Christian yeah. movies cheesy? Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but it was a it was like a, a a scary kind of movie, and they was in this place that was being somewhat like haunted by this demon or whatever, and these guys went in, they were not Christians or nothing, and they said, "Be gone!" And they had their little cross and everything, and the demon just destroyed them. And it reminded me of the scripture passage where they go and they say like, you know, the "Be gone!" And he's like, "I know Paul, I know this, but I don't know you," <laughs> you know. And they run away naked. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Yeah, I wanted to, to to clarify when I say enlightenment thinking for our, our listeners, that that is, um, and you may have got it, this very kind of scientific model you can kind of think of, I think therefore I am type of mentality. And we try to find reasons for everything. Mm-hmm. And usually it's physical and um, because of atheistic thinking, you know, scientific. And that's what I mean. I think in, you know, as you're talking about, I mean, the Bible is full of supernatural things. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you take God's work out of it. You still have like the witch of Endor and Solomon going and trying to seek the mediums. You have the laws against that in it. Um, and then the very nature of the Bible being a supernatural book. Um, that it can divide the soul and the spirit, which causes us to say, well, is, do we have both a soul and a spirit? Like you think about it, 
I don't think that's true. I think it's showing uh, this kind of this pointed thing. And so you have it, but then, you know, you can kind of understand why kind of Catholics develop um, exorcism. You know, it's not that far removed. You see it. It needs to be done. Jesus does it. Um, the seven sons of Sceva, as you mentioned, you know, Paul, you know, the Paul does it. And, you know, there is, you know, this very spiritual thing. And obviously um, there's things that the Bible tells us clear, clearly about them. I mean, even the example in James that the demons believe God. I mean, that should frighten us and they're not saved. Right. But they believe they probably have better faith than we do, but they're not saved. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, as you said, you know, you can't really be a Christian and deny the supernatural aspect of it and that we should be do it as you know we'll probably allude to more without it we're in a spiritual battle and paul's not afraid to do it and that you know when people sacrifice to idols they're sacrificing to demons it's a very real point in which as christians we need to consider and in light that there are things that are taught in pop culture, which originate mostly from Catholic writings because they tend to be more darker than Protestant. Um, but those types of ideas of the demonic world, you know, Dante's Inferno and, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And so you do really have that spiritual aspect and usually culture is parroting some form of that, that has been popular. I mean, even Halloween, um, the Hollow's Eve, um, the Day of the Dead, and, and the celebration of that, um, even in our own culture, brings back this spiritual darkness um, with all of it. Yeah. All right, so in getting into this, this, this idea here of selling your soul to the devil, I, I think Nathaniel pretty much ended the show by saying, you know, we, we don't own our own souls. You know, they belong to God. He... He owns everything. Um, but when you look at this this song, um, and again, I had a guy comment the other day. I had mentioned that I was doing this, and they're like, you know, he just made a song. Like, I'm not attacking Charlie Daniels here, people. Calm down. We're just looking at, because behind music, there there is a, even if it's not from somebody who professes to be a Christian, there is always a worldview that's playing a part. And unfortunately, as we talked about, Last week, when we talked about the youth leaving the church, right, um, the media and the culture, everything is putting their paws and trying to get in there and, and influence the young people or influence people away from. And so too many people get their theology, Christian people get their theology from 95.5 The Fish, you know, <laughs> um, kind of music, rather than getting it from the Word of God or deeper hymns or deeper or just the Psalms, you know, like trying to get deeper understanding of God's word. Um, and the same thing goes with media. So a few stories that, you know, I kind of looked at, well, one of them in particular, I looked at in this topic um, as I was kind of looking into this, as we was going to talk about this here tonight, was a man by the name of Robert Johnson. He was, um, wasn't real well known during the time, uh, during his time. But he was a blues artist. He, he was really bad at playing guitar. A uh, young, young boy would go in and he would, uh, he grew up in, in around the, the 20s. I think he died in 1936 or something like that. Um, but he would go into these juke joints where these, these people were playing blues music. This was in, a, in the South. Um, slavery would already have been passed, but there still was a lot of segregation. There still was a lot of uh, racism. And they would go into these juke joints and while the people were, uh, taking a break, he would want to play the guitar and just want to get up there. And he was so bad, wasn't very good at it. Um, they told him to get out. You know, you're, you're just making noise. So 
the legend tells it as, um, and, and they're actually, he's in the, inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame now, but so there's been a book written on him. Um, but it, the legend kind of says that he went away for maybe a year, a year and a half, even up to three years. It's not really sure how long it was, um, but saying a year to year and a half. And he goes away and comes back, and these same guys that see him, they think, oh, man, this kid, you know, he can't play. He gets up there, and he's like the best. He's really, really good, doing things with the guitar that people weren't doing right back then. And he's he's considered the father of, like, rock and roll. Like, this is where that kind of came from. Um, and and so at that time, he wasn't really well-known. But then a legend started to pick up that he went to the crossroads, sold his soul to the devil, and got this, this you know, um, gift to play the guitar. Now the book, when they're when they're speaking on this, they they say he went away for a year and a half and he practiced a lot and he met another guy who really taught him how to play. But this is a legend. This is folklore that people bring in, and then it carries on and other people hear this, right? And back then, this wasn't a a a uncommon thing for people that were doing blues music to talk about the devil or to talk about their problems, to talk about you know especially with racism. There was a lot of things that was used as kind of a dealing with that. The, the, the culture in which they were living. So you think of that. You think of this idea that uh, this person is going and selling his soul to the devil. Um, can that really happen? Can the devil really offer you um, fame and fortune uh, if, if you sell your soul over to him? Um, and, and what comes to mind as I think about Satan, when Jesus is in the wilderness, mm. he tempts him. And he says, you know, what is it? Like Matthew 4, uh, Mark 1, and Luke 4. And he, and he tempts him and says, see all these kingdoms? I'll give them to you. Right? Now, God, that's God. He's the ruler, and he owns all those things. Right? But he's tempting him with those earthly things. Now, when we look at Satan, we know that he's a deceiver. He's a liar. You know, he's a slanderer. He's a murderer. So many names given to Satan. Right? Um, so he is trying to deceive and manipulate people to do his bidding, right? And so he's trying to offer this to, to Christ, who is God uh, in the flesh. So what, what do you guys, when you think about that and you think about the fact that Satan was tempting Christ, um, what can maybe somebody take away from that as far as being offered fame and fortune in that way. I mean, when we think about just like Ephesians 2, you're once dead in your trespasses and sin. Um, following the course um, of your wife, following the prince of the power of the heirs and the, the spirit that's worked in all the sons of disobedience. There's a sense in which we're kind of in the devil's rule. He has this rule on earth. I mean, he's been expelled from, in a sense, um, heaven, which is above, and has rule and kind of a dominion of this, of this world. And could it be possible... I mean, the devil often shows up as an angel of light. There's even the musicians in Pharaoh's court could mimic the same miracles that God was performing. And we know that there is a spiritual aspect behind that. Um, so could God, could someone maybe not sell, I mean, sell a soul is probably what we say, but probably make um, in meaning more of a uh you know making a pack or a promise or something like that in the same way in return of of something kind of a, a, a quid pro quo type mentality and could this be very much possible i mean it could we don't see it in scripture but that doesn't necessarily mean it obviously the the devil has some sort of power of of what it is is um with it and to do his bidding to destroy the church and to 
however that may work um, in it. So is it possible? I mean, it's good. I think, and this is where like my enlightenment mentality that I've been grown up in this culture with pushes back. And it's like, probably it's not like, you know, obviously someone who takes a year and a half off and practices a lot can become really good. Mm-hmm. There is that aspect um, with it, if that's the true story. Um, but I think if we think about it biblically, I mean, yeah, that that's very much a possible um, thing. Cause I mean, demons take control over bodies. You think about um, the naked man in the, the cemetery. He can, he had strength that no one could even fathom with 20 legions of devils in him or demons, you know? So is there some sort of possession going on, which is making him the best and the start of rock and roll and an influence in culture. And I think that can very much be um, a possibility and not outside the realm of thinking. Yeah. I definitely, I think that's interesting uh, to bring up the uh, the offer of the kingdoms of the world to Christ. Um, and as, as Mike mentioned, Jonathan Jambres uh, could do the same same things uh, up to a certain point. Uh, you notice with the ten plagues, uh, uh, up to a certain point, it said the, that they were able to do uh, the same things by their dark arts. So, uh, as Mike Mike intimated, there's um, there is some level of interaction that the devil can empower people to do something um, special, supernatural. If you look look at uh, even Act 16, the, the Philippian slave girl, the Flip, Philippian, I believe, slave girl, uh, she had the uh, spirit spirit of Python or the spirit of divination uh, to which uh, her, her masters made a lot of money off of her uh, for telling the future until Paul got annoyed with her. Uh, and uh, cast out the demon that gave her that supernatural power. Um, even in uh, like a lot of the the new age stuff that's that that, that is increasingly popular in our country right now, um, people uh, astral project and and do certain out of body things. And there's been uh, studies uh, with the government uh, with the men who stare at goats uh, studying certain demonic things uh, within the government and the, uh, all the occult phenomenon more popularly known as uh, UFOs. So I think there's a basis in reality for saying that um, there could, can be obviously by God's permission, uh, demonic empowering to do certain things. Uh, but I think, I think the idea of a pact with the devil where, whereby you would lose your soul. Um, it almost seems to me too much like uh, dualism uh, where, where there's an equal battle like that arm wrestling that one of you mentioned earlier um, where, where someone has autonomy over their soul. There's uh, the first vote, God cast his vote and the devil cast his vote and you have to cast your vote. And, and if you want to raffle off your soul for certain powers, then, then you can do it. So I don't, I don't know. I know that it seems from the scriptures that there's a basis in reality for saying that the, the, the dark forces can empower you to do certain things. I don't know if selling your soul is the the right way to describe it though. But that's why I, I mentioned too, that, you know, Satan comes and this name, Satan, Diablos, right. Um, deceiver, uh, uh, enemy, right? He, he is a slanderer. One of the things that he would be, is very good at is being very crafty and deceptive. So right. while we as human beings don't have control over our soul, um, we would tell you that you don't have control over your salvation. God does, right? Whether you're a child of God or you're a child of Satan, God's in control of that. Um, however, uh, we would see that he's a deceiver and he could be deceptive to an individual and making them believe that, Hey, you know, I'll give you all these riches of the world. Right. Just bow the knee. Uh-huh. Just give me your soul. And that's why in, in the notes I put, um, is this an unpartable 
an, 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 the unpardonable sin, right. which I think we would all would agree with no, because even if you believed you made a pact with Satan, let's say you was in the occult or you was in that type of lifestyle and you said, you know, in some ritual or, or just by yourself, did some, some act and said you're giving your soul over to Satan to become famous or whatever. Um, it's not binding if you come to genuine faith in Christ. You know, Christ makes all things new, right? right. Um, but that could be a deceptive tactic, you know, uh, of the devil. Um, I, I think of the fact that, you know, and, and you mentioned, Mike, that Satan being the prince and the power of the air or, or the ruler of this world. And I think when we look at world, we can also look at the world system, uh, the, the culture around us and the influence that Satan has. Because if you look at a lot of these people, uh, I used to listen to a lot of rap. Um, I, I listen to some Christian rap now, but I, I don't listen to the same rap that I used to. Um, but I know that a lot of these guys get into this rap game and they basically have to sell their soul to the industry to be something that they're not. Well, we want you to rap about this. We want you to talk about these things because that's what's selling. And so they have to give into not maybe making the music that they necessarily wanted to make or were making when they got signed, but they're basically, in a sense, selling their soul over so that they can get that record deal so that they can become famous and rich and go on these tours, right? So the culture is influencing. Uh, I think Satan is, is, is strongly um, in the culture influencing many of the things that are, are, are around us. Uh, like I said, we talked about it last week when we talked about the kids in media. So many things are are discipling your kids. Um, the music industry, the movies, all these things are having influence on us, right? So that's why we talked about it last week. It's important for parents to disciple and to, um, I don't want to say become legalistic, but you want to regulate what your children are taking in so that you can prevent those things from getting a, a, a foothold into their life. Yeah. I think it's an, <clears throat> it is interesting to see some of the fascination with the demonic, the haunted houses, like people going on legitimate ghost tours to try to see a ghost. Um, and those types of um, things, I've, you know, there's a part of it, which I think in our sinful nature that we enjoy because we reject the God of light. We want to sinfully be in the dark. Um, I think there is a sense in which when we consider the demonic and even this idea of selling our souls to the devil for something um, resonates with our sinful nature. Um, that, oh, I can have riches, power, you know, whatever that may be um, for it. Because that's kind of what you don't sell your soul to the devil to be a better person. Hmm. Like you're not, you're not hearing those stories. It's always the things that the good th blessings that God gives us wrongly desired going after these idols. I mean, you consider fame, fortune, all these things that people want um, are idols. They're idols of the heart. They've replaced God. Um, and so to have that, that selling of the soul, even in, the mythology shows us just maybe how depraved we are and even saying to kind of say, I mean, I would be tempted to do that, you know, to, cause that's what is seen as favorable, even in the Roman culture. I mean, there's a reason why the, um, the desires of riches, the root of all evil and, and wanting to, to get that. And, you know, it's that compromise to get what I want um, to do it. And I think, you know, this is where we have 
we understand that threefold opposition. They're not even the, just the sinfulness of my own heart and just wrongly desiring good things versus the culture who, because of its place with, whole, with all these sinful people, by and large is against God. And then it's also being ruled and conducted by the devil and his demons to accomplish his purse, his purpose to destroy the image of God, to destroy the glory of God in the world. And all of this is coming at a headway. With all that being said, I think, you know, we see in the gospels just how real this is. I think, I do think it's the pinnacle of all the spiritual warfare. Because you have the son of God on the earth. <clears throat> the devil knows the promises are coming true. He knows the Old Testament. He knows what's been said. And to, to see all the spiritual warfare they went through mm -hmm. um, should make us really consider all of this. Especially when, even as a culture, we embrace kind of that dark side you know, the, the, the scary movies and pushing that limit on, on the demonic. <clears throat> and I just, you know, need to be careful about what we watch and what we're listening to because we're spiritual beings and things we do is also spiritual. We're just not physical. Music is not just music. Yeah. There are spiritual aspects behind it. And so we need to be aware and cautious even in our own hearts that we do not un uh, testing, you know, what we hear. Yeah. You know, when, when <clears throat> and as you was talking about that, uh, I was thinking about the lyrics of the song. That's the title of our, our show tonight. You know, the devil went down to Georgia. So he's, he's going down to Georgia. He's looking for a soul to steal. He's in a bind cause he's way behind. He's willing to make a deal. When he came ac across this young man swaying on a fiddle and playing it hot, and the devil jumped up on a hickory stump and said, boy, let me tell you what. <laughs> See, I want to sing it the way that it's it comes out, right? But <clears throat> then we'll get a strike. Yeah. Yeah, we probably will. But then so he, <laughs> he's he's making this challenge to this this young boy who's playing this fiddle. And he says, I bet a fiddle of gold against your soul because I think I'm better than you. Right. So you got a couple things here. You're talking about the the idols that we have, the natural um inclination that we have because by 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 nature we are children of wrath we are in rebellion against god we, we we will not seek after god we are only seeking after our own lusts our own desires and and thankfully even in that state god restrains us um he allows some to go further and i think allows the devil to influence others further but by the grace of god he restrains like so what's that said like the pope yeah like the pope there's no hope in the pope man um, the so Antichrist. yeah, the Antichrist. So he's 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 betting this fiddle of gold. So you have this 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 idea of this this riches, gold, right? This 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 fortune. But then the boy says his name. He says his name's Johnny, and he goes, "It might be a sin, but I'll take your bet because you're gonna regret because I'm the best there's ever been." So you got the riches, and then you got this pride that I, I this I'm I'm the best there is. Um, there's nobody better than me. Um, and I think pride is a killer in, in all of our hearts. Um, and even as Christians, I think that if we're honest, there are times where we struggle with pride. Um, right. But when you're looking at this song here and how this is playing out, he's going after riches and the pride of this man and saying, Hey, I'm going to bet this against you. You can win this because I'm better than you. And, 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 and knowing that that pride is going to, what, what does it usually do? I, I used to see this all the time on the basketball court. You go out there and you start talking a little smack, people stand up and they want to they wanna show you up, right? Mm -hmm. It's this natural inclination of sinfulness in our hearts to want to show somebody we're better, right? Yeah. And I mean, I just, I think of an example in uh, the kids group I teach one of my um, former students tried to prove that he was like, you know, better at math. 
and he was a year older than the the kid he's trying to prove against and to teach them a lesson um to show how destructive pride is i put up a calculus equation on the board i was like you solve this I've taken calculus, so I knew the answer is a very simple formula. I was like, look, you can try to be better than everyone else, but there's always going to be someone better. You know, there's no sense in having that pride. And I think, you know, when, you know, even in your example, you know, as we, we think about the pride, I mean, the devil is full of pride. Mm-hmm. You know, even the song, you know, thinks I can beat you in real life. He tries to obtain the status of God and try to be like God. And so, yeah, that, that silent killer, um, you know, in pride and, you know, it's debated whether it's the root of all sin, but it's definitely there in all sins. There's a sense in which all sins stem from um, pride that we think we know better with it. And the demons kind of uh, personifying that. They believe God, but they're so prideful. they They don't trust him. They don't obey him. They think they're better, you know, in that way. And I think that's should be really convincing of us if, these who are spiritual beings and they fell and they're in a sense right now, higher than we are. You know, how easy is it for me? Yeah. You know, and, and just again, but that's a mark of humility mm-hmm. to understand that, you know, I can't do this. I need something else. I need another righteousness to be, freed to be um going on and in a, in a sense all these occults occults and you know jehovah witnesses or mormonism or um islam when we consider all of them they're all play on this uh this lie and some are darker than other i mean who would think that the devil is jesus's brother <laughs> I mean, he's elevating. Like, you just think of that. Right. If Jesus is God, and if we agree with what the Bible says, is that in the beginning, the word was, um, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, then to, to consider that the devil is the brother of Jesus would make him God. Well, you know, we know Mormonism reduces the godship of Jesus to make him a mere man in which he obtains the status of God and gets his own planet and, um, and whatnot. But just that, you know, just that truth, the, the elevation of it, the rise of Satanism and the celebration of it, you know, is really pulls and i think shows that the devil and his minions have more control over our lives than maybe we would care to think about yeah and it should probably make us shudder well that's why i say you know like satan is crafty right um scriptures tell us Mm -hmm. that Uh, when you think about what is what is it that he does in the garden right um he falls and then in the garden he comes to to this creation that god has created this this man in his own image and he just twists the word he gets them to doubt god's word right he gets them to doubt god's word um the scriptures also tell us you know that he comes as an angel of light right well, you were talking about you know mormonism or you talk about jehovah's witnesses but look at all these ministers who again seem like they made some pack with the devil, even though they may think that that's not the devil they're making a pack with. You got guys like Joel Osteen, Benny Hinn, these men who are millionaires, right? 
and yet they're pushing out this false gospel, deceiving many people. I think sometimes in America, I know, I think I've said this uh, the, the following week or the week before, probably get in trouble for saying it again, but John Piper <laughs> says that, uh, um, you know, Satan is, if, if Satan could get people in America to live moral lives with their little picket fences and everything seemed to be going right, he'd be more than willing to do that. No, no protests, no um, looting, everybody getting along and everybody just living a moral life with the absence of Christ. He'd be perfectly fine in deceiving the people to do that. And, and, and I think what happens in so many places of, of quote-unquote worship, where the, the quote-unquote church is gathering together, people have no desire to uh, study the Word, to understand their adversary, who he is, to understand who Christ is, who is far greater and already victorious over our adversary, and what it, what it is for us to walk in holiness and righteousness before the Lord. Um, not that we're perfect as Christians. We, would, we wouldn't say that. But because there's a lack of desire to study, to know, to show ourselves approved in the Word of God, it's very easy for Satan in our culture to get some minister up there who's, you know, you're disguising as an, an angel of light or disguising as somebody who's coming in and preaching the quote unquote word and deceiving so many people into heresy. I just listened to an interview the other day. I'm not a big fan of Tony Evans. I don't listen to Tony Evans very, very often. But he did an interview that another friend of mine shared, and it was like 15 minutes, and I listened to it. He's writing a book, and Moody press is publishing this book moody moody is publishing this book and he mentioned it he mentioned that there's a little friction because um there were some people that didn't want to publish this book but in the end they decided we're going to publish this book and basically it's called truly saved and what he's saying is the people that jesus died for everybody's um original sin so you get this provenient grace in there you know that that he's bringing in but that so that covers that but people who have never heard the gospel, babies who are born and die, um, people who have mental disabilities or unable to, to understand things in their conscious, you know, able to under, uh, discern it or understand it, people who live in another culture who have never heard the gospel have still this opportunity to be saved based upon what they know about God and whether or not they're suppressing the truth. So it's, it's basically a, a idea that you can be saved even if you've never heard the gospel. But Christ says, no one comes to the Father except through me, right? And he, he mentions, you know, Calvinists try to do it like this, Arminians try to do it like this, but they're wrong, right? God's going to work through, he, he mentions dispensations, in, in different dispensations to these other individuals in these other countries to re react to them. That's not biblical. That's not scriptural. And here's a man who's been in the pulpit for so many years on Moody Radio for so many years, and Moody Radio or Moody is going to publish this book. It makes you think. You look at so many of these ministers who have gone the way of being woke, who have gone the way of social justice, and you say, what is going on in our culture today? Where are the people at that discern truth from error? Yeah, Michael Horton makes a similar argument in Christless Christianity, which I know for some of us is a dated book. And, um, you know, like you said, the devil doesn't <clears throat> like we always think anarchy, like if the devil has his rule, it's anarchy, just straight up anarchy. Um, but like, as you mentioned, Piper, Michael Horton goes. But that's not. Like you, we know, like you can see that's just wrong. Like straight up anarchy is wrong. What the, the riots in Louisville and the destruction of property you can see is wrong um, with it. That's, it's clear. Um, but what isn't 
and what's less, which is probably more destructive is a church who doesn't preach the gospel, but they meet together and live moral lives. A church that has forsaken its first love and Jesus, and he's just now a mere good teacher. You know, he's not God who came down from heaven to save us. He's just a good example to follow. We should be like Jesus, meek and mild and passive and and whatever it may be. Well, you we might think about that first and like kind of push back, but think about it. Moral lives, well, who needs God? Mm-hmm. Isn't this not the atheist argument? Well, I can be a good person without God. I mean, it's slick. It's nice. I could be a good person without God. I don't need God in my life. And and falls right in line with the scriptures. Yeah. Well, it's like here in uh, in Thomas Brooks' book, um, Precious Remedies Precious Against Satan's Devices. Um, <clears throat> one of these devices is Satan presents the bait and hides the hook. You huh. know? So you think you're getting all this. Because think about it. I mean, my wife used to clean houses. And one of the individuals that she cleaned houses for was a Mormon family. And look, our family doesn't got it all together. Our kids sometimes are a handful, right? And she would say to me sometimes, she's like, I don't know. Like their kids are so polite. They're so nice. They're, they, they seem like they've got it all together, but yet we know they don't have Christ, right? And so you, you, Satan can put that bait out there and say, look, like you said, we have this little moral family and everything is going well got a good job, live in a nice neighborhood, making well, you know, pretty well off financially. Kids are doing well in school academically. They're, they're excelling. It's great. But without Christ, what is it worth? Nothing. It's meaningless, right? Without Christ. And that's why we, we have to be careful to not fall in these traps. Can Satan um, make deals to purchase somebody's soul? No. It's not unforgivable. Christ can save even those people who may believe or may have been caught up in occultic practices and, and done some of these rituals or things where they think they've given their soul over to, over to Satan. But don't be deceived. Don't be fooled, right? Don't be deceived. Don't be fooled. If you're hearing this, turn to Christ today. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. There's no guarantee that if you keep going down those paths of going after all the idols of this world, the riches, the fame, the fortune, the good job, the good family, all these things, which may be good in and of themselves, but that you've made an idol. If you keep going after those things, there can get to a point where we see Romans 1 happen, where God turns them over to their debased mind, gives them the desires of their hearts. And there may be no coming back from that. So, Repent, turn to Christ that you might live. That's what we need to, to get out of this is, is even though um, Satan does have influence over the culture, Satan does have influence over uh, the, the, the uh, as he is the prince in the power of the air, he's the, 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 the ruler of the world in the sense that he has the, the, the world system. Um, <clears throat> pretty much, you look at anywhere uh, in the world, People are buying into things that are going against Christ, going against the word of God. And so turn to Christ because he's the only one that can give you true life and offer you real freedom and real peace and real hope and real joy. You can only find that in Christ, nowhere else. Yeah, that's really what it comes down to. huh? Uh, Jesus says, uh, what does it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his soul? So even if you gained the entire world, all, all those riches, uh, if, you know, if you're the king of the world, uh, it, you would be operating at a deficit uh, because your soul is indeed more valuable than that. So, yeah, most definitely, I, I would say um, there's no bargain. 
that you could make for your soul that wouldn't be a bad deal for you. Uh, nice family, nice car, uh, whatever, whatever it may be, it, it would, you, you'd be getting the raw end of the stick on that one. Yeah. Let me throw this out here. Um, we didn't really get into the soul. I know somebody brought that up and asked if we was going to talk about the soul and whatnot, but, uh, before we close it out, you know, in looking at the soul, you know, you, you have the trichotomy understanding of it, which is somewhat, I think, popular. Um, but then you have the dichotomy of it where it's just body and soul. That's kind of where I lean, just body and soul, not body, soul, and spirit. Um, <clears throat> but uh, in the beginning, when God created the world, he created, he formed out of the dust of the ground, man. And then he breathes life into man and he becomes a living soul. You know, so the body's material, the soul's immaterial. And <clears throat> this immaterial soul that makes us a living being allows us to interact with God. Allows us to, to have this, this, this mind to reason with and to, to, to consider these things before you here today. So consider those things. Do not... Gamble with your soul. Do not like squander your soul because it's precious and it will be living for all eternity with Christ or be condemned for all eternity in judgment. And so... <clears throat> well, not just your soul, but your body too. Your body too. I think it's important to note, as you said, you know, I fall, I'm a dichotomist. Um and how it is and just to think through that it's not like in in one sense that your your body and soul are are separate i think in death that is true mm -hmm. um but in life your soul and your body are so integrated together right. that when you sell your soul to the devil if it was possible your body would go with it. You would see the effects of the sin. I mean, just look at Cliff O'Dollar and his eyes. You can, he seems demonic when you look at him. I don't think that's incidental. I think that's how we are as a body and a soul and that we are combined and together. So what happens to the soul happens to the body. Um, this was what makes depression so awful that it's not only a spiritual effect of just being down and I, and I realize that's kind of not even a fullness of, of depression, but just kind of longing the dark, the darkness of your soul. Well, that affects you physically. And that, that can be caused by physical aspects too. Again, that's when we discuss about this, there's almost that dichotomy. Like you can sell your soul to the devil, but like your body's not affected in some sense with it. You know, just like some say that, you know, you can um, have Christ as your savior and not as your Lord. And you had this kind of dichotomy aspect. Um, not even joking like with us with that example um again i think this you know falls that in america and western civilization and and what we call you know civilized world we've gone over to purely materialistic thinking and not to think through this and you know when we really consider where our memories stored like if we're strictly physical, scientists would find where our memories are s stored at, but we're not, and they can't find it. They can, they can see that you're getting angry when your brain lights up with emotion, but they don't know why you're getting angry. They don't know the thought behind that's making it. They can just tell you your brain's showing that you're angry. And so this should make us consider how much, again, spiritual we are. That our, our natural and our spiritual so woven together, they cannot be separated apart from death. 
but even then in the resurrection they come together and the body that was material and perishable now becomes immaterial and it's unperishable and it matches the state of the soul with it when people die they either go to sheol and down or they go to paradise there's a very real sense in which the soul remains and likewise a decay body will be recreated and the souls will be the back and um, which really plays against, you know, the strict platonic thought of like that. This is some lesser and in a sense it is, but God has given us a body He's given us a soul and they interact completely together. And so just to sell your soul to the devil um, would also mean you sell your body. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That's um, hopefully this was a, a good program for you tonight to, to consider these things, to think about this. Um, it's that time you, you brought it up, Mike, it's that time of year. It's Halloween. One of the reasons why this was on my mind, um, thinking about it, plus I just heard the song, The Devil Went Down to Georgia, when I was was doing this, and I'm like, that's not really, you know, I'm not jumping on Charlie Daniels, but that's not really theologically accurate. And so I thought, you know, it'd be a good conversation to have to consider these things, um, because it is important. As, as Mike was pointing out uh, in the show, um, we don't want to pull back too far from the realization that there is a spiritual war going on around us. We need to recognize that. We need to, to understand who our adversary is. More importantly, though, we need to know who the King of Kings is, the Lord of Lord is. Um, and, and if we know Christ, then who can separate us from his love? Right? So that's why it's important, I think, to, to consider these things tonight. I hope this was a, 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 hope, a helpful for you. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can email us at g220radio at gmail.com. Again, that's g220radio at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Um, we've got some other programs coming up here um, soon. Um, not exactly sure the schedule, but uh, just stay in tuned with G220 Radio on Facebook and uh, or any of us on Facebook, and you'll see what's coming up soon here on G220 Radio. But that's been the radio program for tonight. Hope you enjoyed it. God bless and good night.